Sport Calgary conducts research into sports issues in our city. Did you know that the gross municipal amateur sport product in Calgary is over $1.2 billion per year? Visit www.sportcalgary.ca to learn more. What is happening, Calgary? How you doing, folks? Welcome. I'm your podcasting friend, Rob Kerr. Uh, kids, you couldn't have picked a better podcast to tune into. I, I tell you, this is a good one. Uh, this is really, truly one of my favorites. Um, thanks for, for making this part of your routine, be it daily, be it um, your stress buster, be it your diversion, or maybe your cherry picking. Trust me, I'm that podcasting guy too. Hey, uh, don't know him. Don't know, Oh, I know him. I want to listen to this one. Whatever, however we find you here at the Original Six Feet Conversation Podcast, thank you. Uh, if you can, subscribe. Uh, you can do it at, at Spotify or at Apple Podcasts or just daily. Go to sportcalgary.ca slash podcast and you'll find our conversations there. Uh, full disclosure today, another person that I had never talked to before. This is a brand new guest for me, but boy, did I enjoy this conversation. Um, thing I like about talking to politicians or uh, is that I don't do political conversations for the most part. Uh, I've had to professionally before in my other career, but in this one, not really interested in um, talking to politicians about politics. Now, give me a politician who wants to talk about sport, and I'm there, and George Jahal, the Ward 5 counselor here in the city of Calgary, does just that. This guy was so much fun. A diehard, hardcore ball hockey dude. Like, we're talking world championships as a player, as a coach. Um, there's an Adam Party, former Flame draft pick story in there, too. I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, but we also, and, and you know, I, I, I couch everything by saying, well, we didn't talk about politics. We do talk about sport as a community builder because I think George is doing some really cool things and some really interesting things in that regard. So we're going to get into it with George on that. Uh, before we do that, Tired of searching dozens of websites for local sports events? Visit www.sportcalgary.ca and find out what's going on around town throughout the summer, especially when things return to normal. It's going to be your hub, www.sportcalgary.ca. All right, let's do it. He is the counselor for Ward 5. He was a great, is a great guest. I was going to say was a great guest. I guess because we've already recorded it, I guess he was, but he is. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, please welcome to the program George Shahal. Um, how you holding up? How you how you making out in all of this? I guess that's the best place to start. Yeah, I'm holding up. I think pretty good. It's a bit of a new normal. Um, you know, uh, working from home, like a lot of people, uh, homeschooling. Got three kids. Got three young ladies at home, uh, seven, twelve, and fifteen, and uh, so helping with some homeschooling as well. Uh, trying to get a fitness routine for myself to make sure I'm on top of my own health and wellness and uh, started doing some runs every second day. I, I run 5K and I uh, got some light weights at home, uh, but I'm a, a social animal. Uh, I like to meet people. I like to talk to people. I love playing sports. You know, that's where a lot of my uh, socialization occurs with uh, a lot of my friends and family. And, um, so, and that's my a bit of my uh, release as well. Uh, physically and mentally and and get a good sweat so you know balancing all that out with you know with the work and the challenges we have uh, can be challenging and I feel for a lot of people who um, don't have those opportunities and outlets out there because I know it can be challenging you know mentally 
mental health, emotionally and physically, and spending a lot of time with your family uh, day in, day out. But a lot of good home-cooked meals, uh, probably eating a lot healthier than I normally would, being a little bit more creative in what we make and cook and bake. Um, want the kids to stay off the baking because I end up eating probably a little too much as well. <laughs> uh, but I do have a passion for cooking, so... Yeah. You know, love being uh, in the kitchen and on the grill when I get a chance. So initially when we were doing these podcasts, it was kind of the question always was, well, how did you find out? But I think we've gone moved past that. The question now, I think, is when did you find a groove here? When did things start to click a little bit and, and everything got, I hate to use the word comfortable. That's not the word, but, you know, just, okay, this is what we're dealing with. This is how we'll move forward. I would say for me, probably um, the first week of April or so, I think it took a, a few weeks of adjustment to getting used to working from home and setting up a schedule and really finding what works for me and where I'm working my best at. And then when do I get out and I need those breaks? Um, so sometimes it's, uh, you know, mid-afternoon just going for a walk. But uh, first first week of April or so, I really honed down into being, you know, very a little bit more regimented. And then the weeks before on working and getting that work-life balance in place and, and being super productive. Um, you know, I, I've always had a tendency to probably overwork a little bit. and um, But now it's getting a lot of work done, getting a lot of really good family quality time done and uh, and and doing some exercise and as well in the mix. So, you know, really figuring out a schedule with this new normal mm. and who knows how long it's going to last. Hopefully not too much longer, but you know, if it does last longer that we are being very productive um, and also take care of ourselves. What are you missing about sport right now? Well, my hockey season, my ball hockey season was about to start playoffs and we had to postpone our playoffs. <laughs> I've been playing ball hockey for close to 30 years and yep. for ball hockey me has been a real passion of mine after I stopped kind of finished playing ice hockey and I play ice hockey as well and our season never was finished but I think you know in that league it was a community league we started 28 years ago it's my 28th season and not being able to finish that season um, would have been the first season that we didn't finish and hopefully we can finish it where we you know we come together as community members and play the sport we love and and then gearing up from that um, you know, for me, I was focused on training on playing at the Masters Nationals this year, uh, at the Ball Hockey National Ball Hockey Championships held here in Calgary. Yep. You know how cool would have that been at home, being able to maybe play competitively myself at that level, even at the Masters level, super competitive um, here at home, uh, and being a city councilor, even a little you know cooler as well, right? I think that would have been a great event, and that's been postponed. So now that's something that I'm missing out on. Uh, as well personally but I think for me all three of my girls play soccer um, I love watching them play I love getting out going to their games and practices and just and missing that missing being you know I think with the sport of soccer outdoor starts kind of now or in the near future so yep. we've had that nice little break which is nice but you know I know my kids are missing it being with your teammates and friends I'm missing it as a parent, being able to watch my kids get out there on the pitch and uh, have some fun, uh, play the sport they love and excel at. You missing the the pro side at all? I, I was looking on the on the Twitter handle. There was a couple of tweets yeah. there. I think Bundesliga tweets, if I saw correctly. 
Yeah, you know, I, I just saw that the Bundesliga, uh, the German league is starting up at the end of uh, May, uh, professional soccer, and then La Liga as well in Spain, and hopefully the Premier League follows suit. Um, you know, I, I really fell in love with soccer when my kids started playing and I started coaching. Mm. And so that's kind of where my love for soccer really began as the, the girls were playing. But, you know, I miss the NHL. Yeah. I'm a big hockey guy. I grew up uh, watching my whole life being a Calgarian, you know, born and raised here, loving the Flames, loving the Islanders. Uh, but oh. my bossy guy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, bossy is my number. 22 is my number. I was, uh, you know, I idolized Mike Bossy growing up. And um, and be a huge Islanders fan and a Flames fan, but I miss, you know, I miss uh, from the Eastern Conference my Isles going on a run and my Flames going on a run from the West, and you know, I think that's a big void in my life and all our lives being here is being able to watch professional sports, and cheer on the teams we love and the players we love, and you know, thinking even forward and how we finish off these seasons, I'm hoping. You know, I was thinking last week that, you know, it'd be awesome if Calgary and Edmonton could host the Western Conference playoffs. You know, I mean, it would be great for our local economy, uh, being, you know, two and a half, three hours of drive away from each other. We had Red Deer in between. We could host games at. Like, what a great opportunity for our province and our cities. And we have lots of hotels yeah. to accommodate that. Unfortunately, we have lots of cases here in Calgary with uh, COVID and Edmonton uh, much less. Um, but I'm hoping the NHL realizes, you know, for Canada and Western Canada, uh, this would be huge um, for our communities. You know, we're, we love hockey. Um, I, I'd say more than anybody uh, here in Canada and, and out here in Alberta. You know, one thing you do is you grow up, um, as you walk, you have a stick in your hand and you're shooting <laughs> a ball or a puck, right? Yeah. Uh, at the same time. So uh, that's something I hope that, in the NHL looks at and brings forward. All right. I got to know because this has become a little bit of a theme on the podcast recently too. Are you watching the, can you watch old sports? Are you able to go and enjoy the old games? I've haven't watched a lot of hockey to be honest. I've, I've watched a little bit. Um, you know, the Islanders Bruins from the eighties were on. So right. the brothers. Yeah. Are Bruins yeah. Fans. So I watched a little bit of that. And I didn't get to watch the whole thing, but I knew who was going to win, and I still have uh, bragging rights on my, on my bro. Um, I watched a little bit of uh, old Premier League soccer. Okay. Um, it's pretty cool seeing some of those old names and faces on the pitch with their long hair uh, yep. and the short shorts and the long <laughs> hair. Uh, kind of like, okay, this is interesting. But watching even um, highlights of Messi and Ronaldo, um, even uh, you know Gretzky and Lemieux, mm-hmm. uh, Bossy. When I'm uh, you know just being able to, the great thing with technology today, uh, you can go online and watch to get your fix of watch a lot of old highlights and you know the best goals of a certain year, or decade, or yeah. whatever you want. So I, I have been doing a little bit of that as much as possible, but also trying to do a lot of other things of you know um, the balance of watching sports. And uh, NFL football, I watched the football draft last night. Oh, you uh, did? The first round. Okay. I'm a Cowboys fan. Um, so we went off the, the board and took a, a really good wide receiver. And, uh, you know, we, we always seem to do that. But, you know, seeing how, you know, that was my way of actually getting right into the mix of things in sport and how they use technology now yep. to do that draft, right? And how, how that worked out and how people were engaged and all that. And I think... 
people um, still want a way to watch sports, to play sports, but really find a way to be uh, involved in the sports they love. And that's why I'm really also hoping that all these leagues find a way to, well, we are in self-isolation and sitting at home, to find ways to get these sports up and running that's safe and and also give us something to do and watch as uh, what we love to do with our families. And I think, in my opinion, I think some of the sports emerging who are going to be leaders in viewership and really building their brands moving forwards are going to be the ones who do this right in this environment. And, and it's going to be a competition between them and how they figure it out. And kudos to ones who are figuring it out early. Yep. And hopefully the others do as well. So let me ask you, did you watch the NFL Network coverage or did you watch the Dallas Cowboys um, draft party? I watched the NFL Network coverage. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I was able to watch that. Um, so I didn't watch the Dallas Cowboys draft party. Well, it, but it, t- it speaks to what you're talking about. It was interesting to see teams using technologies and bringing in alumni and, and hosting video chats and things like that around around the draft, right? This is really the first opportunity, and I think we're starting to see some of that innovation that you're talking about. And you'll see it probably, I mean, moving forward in the NHL draft in a similar format. I would hope so, uh, yeah. Right. And I mean, because we got to keep working and, and keep doing the business we do, even at the city here. I mean, we're still processing development applications and trying to keep the process moving mm-hmm. um, as much as we can with the new reality. And, and we can't just shut down and stop everything. We got to find ways to keep moving. And uh, mm-hmm. we have that little lull maybe in between and all industries had. But we, it's, this is the new normal. So let's just work with it. Yeah. No. OK. So one last one on the old stuff. It, I'm finding that I'm not interested in the games that happened the last couple of years. Thought the 89 final was interesting to go back and watch and see Calgary and Montreal. I think with some distance, some of that old stuff isn't bad. And I think that's what I was hearing from you. You kind of enjoyed going back and watching, you know, the 80s when the Islanders were those powerhouse teams, right? Uh, totally. I mean, that, that Canadians uh, flame series is phenomenal. And I, now you've mentioned it, I'm going to go watch and probably go watch that as well. <laughs> with Lanny and uh, on the other side with Bob Ganey and the crew. Oh, yeah. Um, you know what? I, I think it just, those for me, even um, thinking back, brings back so many special memories and moments in your own life that you you almost think about where you were when you saw that goal and what were you doing and how mm. that make you feel. And and it really shows actually also who we are as a city because you watch some of the additional coverage when you go back to those games and, you know, that our city, the excitement that our city had when we had those opportunities yeah. that we still will have moving forward. Yeah. That we are a strong, resilient bunch and uh, we continue to do so. So, I mean, you know, that was an amazing series. And I think just watching any Flames, Oilers um, series is, is going to be phenomenal and awesome. And, you know, we'll be chanting, saying stuff about uh, Gretzky uh, <laughs> or even Bull that, you know, that was huge back in the day that. Yeah hurt us and so um those are some amazing memories that uh, i think probably go back and i'll spend uh, a little bit of time connecting reconnecting into and also that goal i think um you know where uh, crosby and agilda uh, yeah. and the golden goal that, 2010 the golden goal right i mean that's a, a memory for all of us and why not revisit it george tell me about ball hockey because you mentioned it a couple times, and, and I'd, I'd like to, to kind of dig down on that. Tell me where sure. your love of that came from and, and, and what that sport's brought to you. Well, ball hockey's been amazing for me and my personal growth. I mean, I wanted to play ice hockey. Uh, the dream was to be, you know, play ice hockey. And unfortunately, the circumstances in my family at a young age, 
maybe didn't allow me to be able to do that. And I started playing ice hockey a little later. I scored my first goal actually at the Crowchild Twin Arenas on a breakaway, <laughs> learning how to skate that year. Don't eat to me because of it. I still remember that vividly. But, you know, ball hockey, we started a community league to bring members of the community together when I was uh, 16 years old. Mm-hmm. And I started kind of playing ball hockey, street hockey as a young kid. So it evolved from street hockey that every kid plays in their neighborhood, which I don't see enough of, unfortunately, now. Agreed. Uh, and, you know, I wish kids would just go out and play and people wouldn't be so um, averse to kids playing street hockey on the street. Now we need more of that in our communities. But and started playing ball hockey and I used to play high school rugby and ice hockey. And then when getting out of high school, I started to emerge into ball hockey because I could run really fast. Um, and I had some skills and I had a bit of edge. And, you know, I started playing a bunch of older guys ball hockey and a little bit more competitively. And I played in a probably, you know, Div 3 or something. And over the next couple of years, I moved up to playing Div 2 and then Div 1. And they formed their own team. And we give the big team in the city a run for their money. We got you know beat up on a few times. And we really started to challenge them. And, and then I was asked to go to play with them at the provincials and the nationals um, early in my career. So that was a bit eye-opening. And yeah. I thought this is an awesome sport that I love, that I played for fun. Um, I can make, you know, uh, I guess a career out of it in amateur sports and enjoy it, uh, stay in shape and have a lot of fun. And my ball hockey um, career, I mean, it's over 28 years now, I was able to win at the you know local level city championships and, and lose a lot too, because mm-hmm. you got to lose along the way. Yep. Uh, representing our city at the provincials and being able to stick it to the team up, you know, the city up north uh, a number of times uh, as well. And then playing at the national championships and, you know, having some success there as well. And and then later at the Worlds playing a few times uh, ball hockey and then ended up coaching out there. So my career has kind of been a, a long career there, but it's amazing. I've got to see the whole country from playing ball hockey, mm-hmm. from St. John, New Brunswick to The Rock, um, St. John's, Newfoundland to, you know, Montreal, Winnipeg, Saskatoon, Vancouver, Toronto, you know, Brampton, you name it, coast to coast from that sport. And got to learn a lot about the people across this country and how everybody loves this country as Canada. And uh, but also the differences, you know, just the subtle differences and what happens in, you know, Prince Tignish, Prince Edward Island, where we had clams on the beach watching the sun go down. <laughs> uh, first experience for me. Yeah. Right? Pretty amazing. And so the different uh, cultures we have within our great nation and the subtle differences as well. Yeah. Um, you know, it was pretty cool and a lot of great friendships that uh, I was able to make along the way. And I think um, that's the great thing about sport is, it, you know, it's about health and wellness and fitness and our, um, but really, it's really about the friendships you make and the relationships you make. And I think for me, ball hockey has been awesome. And that's why I continue to still play. I played Div 1 men's last year. And uh, I still play in the league, and I'm turning 45, so I want to keep playing as long as I can and competing with 18, 20-year-olds who are, you know, faster uh, and recover much easier than guys like I do. But some of us old guys got a bit of that, I think, experience that goes a long way as well. Lots of questions have come out of that. One, tell me about the the country in terms of the hot spots. I I believe the Maritimes are very much a ball hockey hotspot, that there's a lot of good ball hockey played out there. Mm -hmm. But you look across the map, where are the hotspots? 
a ball hockey in Newfoundland. Uh, Newfoundlanders, great ball hockey players. We played out there against Adam Party. I wondered uh, if you were going to drop that name because I know that story. Yeah. Yeah, Adam Hardy played that year, and we played against him, and he was a giant, like, massive with a huge wingspan and a whole, you know, reach. Teddy Purcell played for the Oilers, got to play against him out there. Uh, They had a lot of guys from the East Coast League, but the passion of hockey of Newfoundlanders, and you see it out here. A lot of the guys from Newfoundland play out here. Um, Hockey hotbed. I think when you go from Newfoundland, you really come into Montreal. Montreal's been um, a force in ball hockey over the last decade. It had some of the strongest teams. Yeah, uh, It was a Toronto-centric domination. Then Montreal, um, you know, Montreal and the suburbs and the communities around Montreal were pretty big. Uh, Newfoundland's been quite strong. And then coming this way, um, you know, Alberta's been done quite well mm-hmm. as well. Uh, we're, uh, Edmonton's been a real strong ball hockey community. And then obviously the lower mainland um, has done quite well as well over the years. And I think those are some of the real big ball hockey hotspots. But we've seen growth in Saskatchewan and Manitoba over the years as well. So uh, it's pretty awesome. And it's awesome to see even locally here, a lot of guys who played you know, I remember playing against Brad Isvister here in Calgary a number of years ago. There's a lot of guys who play in the dub and then come yep. play yep. ball hockey in spring, summer, because it's a great sport uh, to keep your conditioning up and your hand-eye coordination. It's amazing how some of the ball, uh, ice hockey guys who come on aren't used to running yes. like we do in basketball, because yep. it's a very fast pace and it can be physical. But their hand-eye coordination and how quickly they're able to feel the weight of the ball shoot and pass the ball and make plays um they adapt very quick right and as soon as they get those legs under them to be able to sprint and run um they're quite dangerous i can tell you i love the fact you brought up adam party because adam party missed his phone call from the flames when they drafted him because he was playing in the world championships and i so i've i've always he was always great about telling those stories speaking of world championships you mentioned you've been to a few where did you go uh played in pittsburgh Okay. Um, so I paid, I'm, um, you know, my parents were born in India and uh, I'm born here in Calgary, but I had uh, OCI citizenship, so I was able to play with them. Um, I played in Pittsburgh. I later played in Dusseldorf, Germany. Wow. Had the opportunity, played in uh, Toronto once again. The one year I missed, I had a bit of an injury and I wasn't able to try out. We actually won silver at the Worlds, <laughs> which was pretty unique. Um and uh, I, I had the opportunity to coach at the last Worlds in uh, Pero de Biche, Czech Republic. Wow. Um, area where Dominic, I was an assistant coach on the team. And this was before I got elected in 2017. Um, small town east of Prague and uh, pretty cool. Uh, we stayed in the town where Alex Hemsky was from. Mm-hmm. I actually used to go to the gym where I think he owned the gym or where he used to work out. A little gym <laughs> in a small town. But um, pretty cool. We took the checks. Um, we were up on there up on the Czechs with uh, 5,000 people, home team, playing the Czech Republic um, in semis. And we lost two. We, we were up to one. They scored two goals within the last, I think, two and a half minutes of the game and beat us 3-2. Um, and they had, I think, they were saying that they were had to call security and the police out because if we had defeated them, the town would have. Uh, <laughs> we, we were in trouble. Let's just say. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, it was a pretty amazing experience to be in that crowd and uh, that atmosphere. Never seen anything like that with people drinking, 
um, throwing beer cans, kind of, you know, you could see stuff flying in the air. Yeah. yeah. And amount of passion they had for that sport, uh, phenomenal. And uh, I think it was uh, just a tremendous experience for me to go help and support the guys going out there. I was going to ask you, tell me about coaching, like to, to coach at that level. What was that experience like for you? Uh, that was pretty cool. That was my first opportunity coaching ball hockey at that level. I mean, I'm an a- amateur soccer coach. I, I've been coaching <laughs> soccer sure. since, uh, you know, for a number of years, which I love uh, more than anything. I think coaching kids is an amazing opportunity if you get to do it. Uh, but for the, you know, for me, it was able to bring, uh, I think it's, you bring a lot of your experiences forward and being the, having the opportunity to mentor some of the young guys and saying, look, I've played, I've been through some of this and, um, you know, this is normal. Um, but having to give, share some of those experiences with them and then also share what it takes to actually get to that point and win and, and not to take these you know opportunities for granted. You, this might be the one and only chance you get to play at this level. Right. Uh, so make the best of it and, and go from there. And then also the great relationships. I mean, being an assistant coach um, that I was on the team, I had to have those, you know, I was more of a friend with a lot of the guys and, and in a lot of cases uh, didn't have to be, could be that conduit uh, with some of those tough messages and really have those uh, tough conversations with them, but um, also be able to mentor and support a lot of these young guys who came from different parts of the country. It's a great opportunity. You still play. You still play at a high level. Um, do you? How long do you expect to go? Well, playing ball hockey, I play. I mean, at a high level uh, in the Calgary Men's League, I'd say. I yeah. mean, it's. Uh, I think I can still play at that level, and I'm not competing at a high level. I'd say at the provincial nationals, you know, other than the masters program. Yeah. Um, you know, I still can play there. It's hard on your body. I mean, I've had a lot of ankle, hips, knee, shoulder, lots of different injuries. And it is hard on your body to want to compete. And at this age, it's for me, it's a lot about competing, um, but also having some fun and socializing and, mm-hmm. and going to the pub afterwards and maybe having a pint with the guys. Um, you know, keeping that's the important part of it as well. And I think that's the important part of sport. Yeah. That a lot of us play sport is so we can be together with a lot of our friends and have a beer afterwards, you know, at win sport upstairs and in the yep. pub where we play ice hockey. And um, I think we are notorious one summer for having some of the highest sales from a team. At <laughs> <laughs> Molson Canadian House, I know it well. Yeah. Yeah. So that's yeah, awesome. a lot of fun, and I hope it can continue playing. You know, ball hockey, ice hockey for you know hopefully many more years to come. Is it a family thing or is it just a George thing? Uh, ball hockey, ice yeah, hockey. Yeah, ball hockey. Yeah. yeah. My brothers uh, play. One of my brothers still plays. He's okay. older than me, five years older, and he still kind of plays. My older brother doesn't play anymore. They don't play ice. Um, it, it is, I think, really a George thing. Um, you know, my passion, I would say, and they may argue um, or think differently on this. I think, you know, I've just, uh, my passion for sport, I think, in my household is a little bit, you know, I'm a little more intense than my brothers were. Mm-hmm. Um and so, you know, they'll say I'm the, I'm the baby brother and, and maybe I got to do things they didn't get to do. But, you know, it was nice even growing up in our household. We used to, like, just hit baseballs for fun and see who can hit them the farthest, right? Yep. That was a competition. And just hammering balls and how far could you hit them. Um, or whatever opportunity you get with those sibling rivalries, which make you better as, as a younger sibling because you always want to be like your older brothers or you want to beat them and compete against them. Exactly. So, you know, that's been my real, uh, a lot of my passion and uh, I think a lot of my strength I get is also from a lot of the hard work they put in and uh, 
probably helping raise me. I got to do this. Sport Calgary is the voice of over 275 sports organizations in the Calgary area. Share your voice and become a Sport Calgary member for free at sportcalgary.ca slash members. Um, give me your theory, your thoughts on sport as a community builder. Uh, sport is, I think, the best opportunity to build community. I mean, I know the great values it's provided me from the amazing coaches um, who's you know coached me along the way and you know I've seen the impact even myself being able to coach kids at a young age and and provide leadership and mentorship opportunities so I think it's a tremendous opportunity I think as a community sports got a larger role to play I think it definitely does and when it comes to not just sports teams I've been thinking a lot about this is you know how do we keep kids um, involved in not going down the wrong path. And I think sport helped do that. And I think sport has to be more, there has to be more opportunities to kids to be able to play sports. And they, they shouldn't have, kids shouldn't have to worry about, you know, how do I pay my fees to get into a sport? Mm-hmm. How do I get to a sport? So I think Sport Calgary is doing lots of good work and a lot of our communities are, you know, but we need to think as our schools, we have these gymnasiums and how do we create more programming right after school for kids to just play and try sports you know soccer programs basketball programs floor hockey whatever it is opportunities to do that so it's a part of all our lives because i think it has a tremendous impact on our um number one you learn a lot of great skills from you know self-confidence leadership team building um you know how to work issues and problems out with each other and a lot of the, the skills we use at the boardroom table later in life or within our work environments and so sport is an integral part, in my opinion, of the future and of how we build our city um, and the equity that we need amongst all of our communities to have our kids, families, seniors to be able to get out and play sport. And I think that's got to be a focal point of um, our communities moving forward. And we have it has to play a bigger role for sure. You take an active role in this, right? Because in your ward specifically, you you do a lot of hosting. You do a lot of getting groups together, right? Totally. I mean, we started a new concept of a Northeast Sports Council to build advocacy on around sports and recreation projects. Um, you know, I was able to bring fortunate to bring the first turf field uh, in Northeast Calgary. We've had you know seventy eight turf fields in Calgary none in northeast east of the deerfoot yeah that was alarming to me you know why do we have such a discrepancy um of these fields of high quality fields so you know i was able to bring a a motion forward to get money with partnerships to do that so that's underway right now um i think you know northeast calgary and i I represent northeast calgary the areas east of the airport essentially and north of mcknight boulevard we have a great opportunity to expand sports up there because we have you know great great road infrastructure we have the airport um, you know, we have lots of land up there, uh, lots of hotels, lots of businesses. Mm-hmm. So, you know, an opportunity to create another athletic park in the city, which we don't really have up there mm-hmm. to host more sporting events. So if Calgary Minor Soccer wants to have a large sporting event, you know, that'd be a great place to have that venue moving forward. You know, if you compare us to Edmonton, um, they have a mass, they have like 10 fields in South Edmonton and in West Edmonton where you can hold major sporting events. So, so I use soccer for an example. And I mean, 
you know, you could do 10 soccer games maybe um, in some of those fields they have up there. But that also doesn't mean just for soccer. That means for other sports yeah, as well. Yeah. You know, field hockey or cricket, which is a huge emerging sport in our city and in my part of the city as well. So building equity amongst your city, leveraging a lot of the great resources and opportunities we have to attract more support to our city. And I think, you know, working on the field house and the chair of the multi-sport field house and um that we're looking to build here in calgary on that i think that is and if i look at it as a, a city building project is probably the project that i believe is the most benefit to calgarians and because it's going to bring young and old and give them an opportunity to play sports it's going to attract uh, more people locally and it's going to support our co uh, collegiate and varsity teams to be able to play and train at a higher level and host more domestic and international competitions and also fill a void of infrastructure we don't have. And I think that's a conversation that um, that we all need to have and look at the merits of the social benefits, you know, of having those that opportunity to build something special moving forward for our city. And, I, and I'm proud to be and you know, really excited to be working on that project and uh, look forward to hopefully one day being able to um, make sure that gets built. Speaking of facilities, you do have one of the the best facilities in Calgary right now going, which is the Genesis Center in in your in your area. Can you just yes. talk a little bit about the diversity of sport? You mentioned before cricket and field hockey, yeah. but I think the Northeast has the richest sport fabric going in the city. Well, um, some of the fastest growing um, opportunities for enrollment in sport is there. Mm. Um, we have people, you know, two thirds of the Northeast, uh, my ward, you know, English and French is not their first language and they're from somewhere else. Yep. And so the diversity of sport from soccer to cricket to, you know, so many different sports that emerge from those conversations that aren't traditional, I'd say, Calgary sports of hockey and baseball. Mm -hmm. So our needs in our communities are not more baseball diamonds, which we need as well, is a balance to have the right cricket pitches in certain locations, right? Uh, better quality fields. But the Genesis Center is a real special place. Yeah. You know, I call it the heart of our community, the heart of Ward 5. Um, and I think it it's a community hub um, with a, a library, you know, with the why there and opportunities for, um, you know, swimming and training, um, but also the, you know, the mini little uh, field house, uh, not a field house in the context we're thinking of a large field house, but, you know, two soccer fields in there. And it also services to help um, residents in our ward to integrate and, and be involved and support services. So it's an amazing um, facility. Unfortunately, it's way smaller than it should have been. Uh, you know, it should be much larger. We don't have an ice pad in our ward. Yeah. We got a high demand for that. And so we have to think about as we build future facilities over there, you know, who's living in the communities and in what communities are we serving? So I think the ability to have, you know, a soccer center up there to provide mm -hmm. um, opportunity for that type of facility, but also for ice hockey. I mean, just because, you know, a lot of those folks are have an interest in soccer and cricket doesn't mean they don't want to play ice hockey. They right. do want to play ice hockey. And they should have the adequate facilities to learn and want to play that sport as well. And so it's about, you know, ensuring that as we move forward, we give those opportunities, but also learn from the great sporting experiences that many um, of the newcomers bring with them. And there's a real passion 
Um, but there are challenges in growing up. You know, my parents immigrated here from the UK, started over uh, in many ways to give us a better opportunity. Um, so we didn't get to do some of those things because the opportunities weren't available. It's more about getting an education and putting food on the table as a priority. Um, so we need to create more opportunities for youth to stay on the right track uh, within the, our whole city. Yep. Um, but, you know, in my ward, it's really getting those kids involved in sport as a mechanism to, you know, get use some of that energy in a, in a positive manner and also give back. Um, it's that circle of being involved, playing, then also being a mentor and give back as well and creating that culture you know, within uh, the communities of um, it's good to work hard and go to school and get a good education, but, um, you know, play some sports as well because of all the great things you learn and the opportunities that come from it. George, are you getting buy into your sports count, sport council? Are you getting people and groups, the ones that you need and want there? Yeah. So in our first meeting, I think we had about 30 groups come out. Oh, wow. Um, and, you know, a lot of them weren't involved with Sport Calgary. They didn't know about it. We've never really had the opportunity um, as a city to connect with a lot of those grassroots organizations. And some of them have just popped up in the last few years that we have a big emerging field hockey community mm-hmm. in the ward. And so, you know, that's quite interesting. A track and field club, they held uh, some of the, you know, I think the championships last year at the Rotary Challenger Park. And that was a Northeast club doing it. And so, uh, that sports council is really to bring people together. We had a great turnout at our first meeting. Um, Katrina LeMaidon was there, um, and uh, it was great to see her out in the community and talking um, to those sporting groups as well. And we, I think the big thing is there's a huge appetite for more sport, and people want to get involved. And so it's how do we organize, coordinate, and channel you know them in the right direction and give them the right supports. And, and it also they came into like Sport Calgary and making sure that we have those connections and linkages um, as we move forward. So I think that's what it was all about. We had a call uh, last week on, you know, just providing some information on what's going on and what we see moving forward as we move out of this situation and what the impacts on a lot of our sporting organizations is going to be. And now that gives me an opportunity to go back to them when we do have more information as well, because we kind of put you know, I've done some of that early groundwork to coordinate and organize us. Your day job probably qualifies you better than most to try and bring groups together. But do you find traditionally it's been a challenge sometimes to have sports working together, right? That to, to find common goals and to find the common path. Sometimes they're feeling competitive. Has that been at all a challenge for you? Yeah, and that's always a challenge. I mean, you know, certain groups will say, well, we want this for our sport. Another group will say, no, no, we want this. And I'm like, look, if we all fight for what we want, we get nothing. Uh, we got to work together. Mm-hmm. And the only way we all are able to achieve and get what we want for our sport is by working together. So we want to, you know, when we talk about building a new rec facility, for instance, in Northeast Calgary and those you know, tournament fields, I want to have this group together to weigh in and saying, you know, what? What's important for your sport? What do you need more of? So we can have that collaborative community building opportunity. And I think that's the important about of building that early, those early connections, that early buy-in and that early support base to advocate for um, these types of initiatives as we move forward. Because a lot of our sporting groups have other connections that we're unaware of. They have other networks that yeah. we need to go into. So. That's a conversation I think, you know, once we start thinking of it, not about me, it's about us and how we do things together. I think we've got early buy-in and we're going to get more and more 
buy-in. When you know, I brought that turf field initiative forward, I think within a week I had 30 letters of support from various community groups that quick. Mm-hmm. Um, this, they knew there was a huge need for it in our ward and our community. And they said, well, we want this, this, and this, but we know that this is good for our community. You know, and if we get this, we can work together to get more in other places. And I think that's the the discussion that, you know, I'm telling everybody in our community, we're stronger when we work together. When you and I were growing up, community leagues had a, a large voice to play. Our, our teams were based around the communities we were in and things like that. Does that, is that still apparent? Is that still needed or part of, of this conversation too? Well, I think so. I think those uh, community leagues, and I remember playing ice hockey. I used to play for NASA. Okay. And properties were kind of, a, you know, arch rivals and seven of clubs and all the clubs <laughs> back in the day. And they all played a, had an important role to play, and they still do. Yeah. But you also get so competitive sometimes. It's about uh, my club versus your club, so we can't find working relationships. So I think they do have an importance because there's a lot of great volunteers that come through those organizations and mm-hmm. put a lot of time and effort into building them. And but we do, for instance, in soccer, there's so many clubs and there's so much crossover. It does also provide some challenges. Hockey has more defined boundaries, which one would argue that provides less of those challenges of people jumping around in movement. But it may pose some other challenges because yep. it doesn't let new entrants to maybe come into that system as well. Right. So how do we find that right balance? But I think it all starts from community. It's not about playing tier one hockey, soccer. Um, it's about playing sport. Um, you know, and, and if you can play in your community and, and have fun at whatever tier you're playing at, that's the most important thing, as long as you're playing. I think there's some, I think Iceland's a great model of, uh, they decided that soccer was going to be their thing. And I think in mm-hmm. 2008 or something, they invested heavily in soccer throughout the country. They're a country of like 400,000, I believe. They went to the semifinals at the World Cup, uh, a couple of World Cups. European Championships. European Championships. They had the run at the European Championships. That was the run at the European Championships. They invested, but what they did was they built a number of soccer-type facilities in communities so kids could just play soccer at a young age. And some of them went a number of years later to play on their national team, and some just kick around the ball in the park with their families now. Right. So, you know, that's the type of culture we need to build. There's a culture of opportunity and excellence that comes from it. But it's really about the grassroots community building opportunities. That's the key. You just touched on it, and you mentioned it before even when we were, we were talking. Is um, my, my concern is that we're now in a place in sport where we have to recruit parents to put kids into sport. You know, when we were growing up, it was just that's what you did. But now some parents don't want to. Um, talk about the importance of space just to play. Talk about the importance of, of road hockey and, and you know, or basketball or just taking a bat and a ball. It seems like as a society, we've kind of lost our way a little bit that way. Yeah, and I think we have. I mean, you know, we used to play, like I was saying earlier, uh, we played three, three of us to play football, you know, a quarterback, mm-hmm. a wide receiver, <laughs> and a DB. And we'd run patterns, right, in a front yeah. lawn or at a park. We'd, you know, just hit baseballs and try to hit them and catch them. Um, and play street hockey within our block. And that built community within our own neighborhoods. It built friendships. But we also had a lot of challenges of folks saying, get out of the way, get off my lawn. There's a ball here. We've seen it over the last number of years since I've been at council. I've heard about complaints about kids playing street hockey and uh, shooting hoops in front of their house and 
you know, they're encroaching on public property and somebody's putting complaint. We're losing, you know, by doing that, what we actually are as a community. It's about community. It's about kids getting out and having fun. And also, I think with the fear with social media, you know, there's so much negativity, negativity out there on, you know, you, we end up taking almost um, so much time and worrying about what our kids are doing and playing and their safety, which is extremely important and has to be. But, you know, communities also take care of each other. We all watch on our kids and our neighbors' kids where we live. And I think as a community, we just need to let kids go out and play and have some fun and, and not be so restrictive um, as parents, yep. as community as well. And if you don't have kids, well, encourage other kids, your neighbor's kids, and keep an eye on them, right? That's what community is all about. Yeah, what do so. so I think, you know, I'd love to see more kids playing street hockey um, across the city. Um, I'd love to see more kids playing basketball um, and just and just playing. It just pick up, yep. you know, and that's that's really good. And, you know, there's some of the basketball courts we're having challenges now where a lot of kids are getting out to play because they want to play. But, <laughs> you know, we can't kind of congregate like that and uh, do that right now. But that shows there's a huge demand and there's a huge opportunity moving forward. We do need um, the right infrastructure uh, so you don't have to buy a basketball net to put it out in front of your house. Um, that we have courts in our communities to do that maybe having tennis courts um, in certain areas as well, because we used to just ride our bikes to the tennis courts and play tennis for six hours in a day over the spring and summer. Yeah. You know, a, a bike pass, to just hop on a bike path and to be able to get around through our city, um, you know, that's an amazing opportunity because we have such a tremendous pathway system. So there's so much one can do with recreation. Um, I think we just need to loosen the reins and let kids be who they want to be. Right. Are are your peers paying attention? Are are other wards looking at what you're doing, asking you about what you're doing? I think in some cases uh, they are. I mean, we all have different interests. I mean, I have a passion for sport, yep. um, so my interest is quite apparent um, when it comes to sport. Uh, I run from council meetings to ice hockey games with the equipment in my car. I <laughs> try to catch a 10:30 game at night if I could. I've done that, um, but I think it's you know. There's different interests with different counselors. Some people love specific sports. Could be golf or CFL football. Right. Um, I love all sport. That's kind of who I am. Yep. And so I think there's an interest and in they're weighing, um, you know, whether sport with other investments and opportunities as well. Um, but for me, I think sports right on the forefront on how we build the city moving forward couple more for you. One, and I don't really like getting into the politics because that's not the intention of this conversation, but, but I do have to ask you this. How much has sport influenced in the way you lead? It seems to me that right now what, what we're going through, I say this all the time, it's separating the managers for the leaders. But, it, you know, I, I just think that one of the great gifts of sport is the ability to work as a team, is to learn how to be a leader. How much has that played a role in your day-to-day -day job? Um, huge role. Uh, you know, I, I don't think I'd be in this position and have the way I think and the way I act if I, I didn't play sport. Like, I'd probably be a different person completely. Um, working collaboratively, um, the teamwork, you know, the leadership skills. Um, just the having the strength to stand up and speak in front of lots of people. Mm -hmm. If you don't do it every day, you know, it's public speaking is one of the, I think the biggest fears people have most of the population. 
Um, even for me, it was challenging when I first started because I didn't do it on a day-to-day basis. I did it in my locker room amongst 15 of my <laughs> teammates or, you know, coaching 12-year-old girls soccer. Um, but so but I think those experiences help develop that those leadership skills and and make you think there's so many different personalities you deal with and, and how you need to listen and then how you respond. Um, so for me, it's been actually, I would say it's one of, uh, sports had a tremendous impact to shape me as an individual and my leadership style. Yeah. Your daughter's like you as a coach? Uh, you know, when dad's coaching, um, it's always tougher. I think some of the other kids maybe like me a little more. <laughs> so you're always, I think, you know, we tend to do this maybe as parents. You make an example of your child sometimes mm-hmm. and it can be tough on them. Um, so, that's something you have to leave your dad at home and bring coach to the field and vice versa. And sometimes you, you overcoach as well at home. So you have to give kids space to learn on their own and, um, you know, not be overcoaching them. Um, but I think they love it actually. You know, my kids say to me now, you know, when they had, they had me as a coach, now they say, Hey dad, why can't you coach anymore? You know, you're great. Or, you know, maybe cause I can't get to all their games now. And sometimes my wife takes them and, or I divvy up the responsibilities. Yeah. I think they also see, um, you know, they just want their parents to watch. And I always tell parents, and I think this is an important point to make, you know, if you're at your kid's soccer game, pay attention. You know, don't be on the phone. Um, your kids are always looking when they make a great play. They're mm-hmm. always seeing if you've watched. And if you're not, um, you know, you need to be present. And you need to focus on them at that time. Because the first thing my daughter asked me is, hey, did you see me do that after the game? Yeah. Right. Yeah, and absolutely. You and you're looking the other direction. Why were you doing that? And then I get a lecture on the way home and I'm like, well, you know, the person next to me asked me a question or something and I was just responding. But, you know, I've really tried to make it that I put my phone on silent or turn it off and sometimes leave it in the car during the games. And because I really want to be present and, and watch. And I and I tell parents all the time when I'm out, particularly in my ward, you know, when I'm out at the fields, I, I know a lot of people out there. I'm saying, like, look, you're here with your kids. Just just watch. You guys can chat later. Um, and a lot of the ethnocultural communities, right? Because yep. they're, they're hanging out with their friends while things are going on. Yep. But it's really making sure let's just be present and be in the moment. Well, you, I know you're a good coach. And I obviously know you're a good parent because you mentioned something that, to me, I don't think we talk enough about. But it's that car ride home conversation, the most important conversation in all of sport. Right. Mm. And that's not about coaching. That's not about lecturing. That's about being a parent. That's right. Right. That's awesome. Last question for you. Uh, This one we asked all of our guests. No parameters. Interpret it any way you want. But give me, George, give me your hidden Calgary gem. My hidden Calgary gem. The intent of this is when it's all said and done and people have been listening to the podcast that there will be a list of things that they've been told they should go check out, try, see, visit, and stuff like that. So I put no parameters on it, sir. It's up to you. So I'll give you a lot of good gems when it comes to food. Um, <laughs> there's lots in my war and across the city. But um, I think, you know what, um, one gem growing up, uh, being on the pathway system, being around, we have amazing uh, parks and a great pathway system, mm-hmm. the river system, whether it be, you know, Shouldice Park, you know, Shouldice, Edworthy, Bonas, uh, Fish Creek. We have tremendous um, public parks and pathway systems. I just, I think we sometimes don't realize what a beautiful city we have and 
what a great gem we have in that public infrastructure and uh, a beautiful landscape. Uh, so you don't need to go far um, to have a good hike or go for a run or go for a nice walk in nature. It's actually right outside your, your backyard, really. And so I think for me, that's one. And, and I'll say that more and more because I've been exploring and doing some jogging and, yep. and really getting out, and out there a little bit more as well. But even from my younger days and hitting the bike pass to now, I think that's a, a, an amazing piece of our city. Yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome. The, the Olympic athletes that I talk all give the same answer. That we're blessed oh. in this city to have the spaces this, the, the, around the river. Fish Creek comes up all the time. We really do have some amazing places. And I think coming from a lot of the Olympic athletes, I never knew that. Um, and I'm glad to hear that is many of them are from Calgary, but many of them are from somewhere else. That's so right. We have experience yeah. looking at other cities and seeing what they had there and what they have here. Yeah. Pretty awesome. George, this was amazing. Thank you. I had so much fun today. This was great. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Yeah, thank you for having me, and I look forward to doing uh, more of these moving forward and uh, love to help and support support in our city and our community. So um, look forward to it. Thank you so much. Be healthy and be safe. I enjoyed that. Uh, I did um, love George's passion, and it is a passion for ball hockey. That, that was a fun conversation. But also, uh, you know, and I said off the top, we weren't going to talk a lot of politics, and, and we really didn't. But sport is a community builder. And I like what George is doing. I like his sport council idea. I like, you know, his makeup of his community and, and the benefits they get from talking sport. I think it's a lesson for a lot of us. So really excited George could spend some time with us. Really enjoyed this conversation immensely. Speaking of conversations I've enjoyed, I'm the wrong guy to ask because I loved them all. Uh, and there's a bunch of them. Holy cow. We've been going hard now for almost two months. Um, if you want, go back and take a look at our catalog, uh, sportcalgary.ca slash podcast. Um, depends on what you want. You want to talk flames? we got Peter Marr in there, Perry Berzan, Colin Patterson. Um, we've talked to, uh, oh, how about leaders? Uh, Katrina LeMay-Dome, Mary Moran, uh, Cheryl Bernard. There's some leaders for you. Um, we've even talked mm, a little football. Uh, Jesse Lumsden, Randy Chevrier, Tom Higgins. You name it, it's sports, it's sports stories. They're here. We'd love to share them. We've got more coming down the pipe for you, but make sure you check them out. Thanks for doing this. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for being part of what we're doing. Stay safe out there. Uh, keep practicing all the things we need to practice. Uh, we'll get this licked. We'll get through this together, but glad you can share these moments with us here on the Original Six Feet Conversation Podcast for Sport Calgary. 